0: On the Shelf episode number 31 of...
1: Brutal Battle.
0: We are not only going to do two on-the-shelf beers for this episode, but like we talked about in the last On the Shelf, we are actually going to get to that question that Dan Flynn, listener Dan Flynn, had sent us via Instagram some time ago. Apologies, Dan, for us taking so long to get to it. Uh, But this can be a thing that we do during episodes like this. If people have topics you want to hear us talk about, you want our opinion on certain things... Just email BrutalBattlePodcast at gmail.com or send it to our Instagram account as a private message and then we'll we'll take care of it. So do you want to read real quick what question Dan has? Then we'll do the first beer. Well, we should probably just do the first beer, then do Dan's question sure. and talk about it and then do the second beer. So sure. kind of like sandwich his yes. question with beers. I'm
1: thirsty. Because
0: then we can sip on something while we talk about the topic. But okay. So the first beer we have is called Ba Light, B-A-A-L-I-T-E. It is a hoppy Kolsch-style ale. It's by Ba-Ba Brewhouse. Yeah, spelled B-A-A, B-A-A. They are out of Brookshire, Texas, and this is a hoppy Kolsch, like I said. They say, ale brewed with using the choicest hops, barley, water, and no rice. They're kind of like, with the design of the can and the name of it, they're taking kind of a swipe at Bud Light. Yeah. If you can't tell, the ABV is 5.49%.
1: 4.9.
0: Usually, we only go one decimal place. Yeah. But every now and then, you get this brewery that's like, no. We need to be super specific. We're going two decimal places.
1: So, Six- it's basically 5.5.
0: Yeah. 16-ounce <laughs> cans. Here we go. I mean, we've said this on the podcast before. If we see a colch, we gotta. Yeah. We're, we're big on the style of Kolsch. Love it. Uh, and a hoppy Kolsch, gotta see how that's done. And it's not, you know, not saying that we haven't had them before. It's just, they're not common. No. All right, so let's take a look. It is clear. Very clear. Very yellow. Yeah, very yellow, clear beer. It's got a decent head, but we always do an agitated pour because we're much older and we don't need extra carbonation. Not much older. Much older than when we started this podcast. Ten, Ten years, years older. older. <laughs> it smells very light, very crisp, yeah. very clean. Honey, but not a lot. Like it's kind of like this light yeah. honey note.
1: Definitely honey.
0: Light honey note. Plenty of straw in there. Mm-hmm. A little orange. Like a little, you think like a little orange peel type? Because yeah. there is a, a perceptible. Like orange, it's
1: like our sweetness orange, like an orange marmalade. Okay.
0: Yeah, I can get a light orange marmalade on that. It's definitely got a bit of a bitterness to the nose as well. It smells good. Yeah, it's very light though. The yeah. nose is super, super light.
1: So I and mean, it smells good though. It's not like offensively light. Like you can't no. get anything. You can perceive things.
0: Oh, that little bit of oranginess could actually just be coming through because of the hopping. It could be. The extra hop, the hoppy aspect of the it. choice. Yeah, exactly. The choicest of the hops. All right, going in. It's really easy. It's very easy. Um,
1: It's a little more watery than I was hoping yeah. for. I was hoping for a little more flavor. Yeah.
0: I am getting that bit of that orangey flavor, so it is kind of tasting kind of hoppy, but... There is honey to it as well. Yeah. There's a bit of the straw. It's really drying. And the the flavor level seems pretty low, in my yeah. opinion.
1: Yeah, you got like a quick hit of the orange, a little honey, a little bitterness drying. But it is it is light.
0: Yeah, and here's the thing. The way the bitterness and that drying aspect come together at the end... It's just kind of leaving you with this little bit of like an aspirin flavor mm-hmm. as a finish. It's yeah. not great, to be honest. Um, it's not a bad beer. I don't hate it, but I don't really like it that much. Mm, so I like it more than you do. Had way better Kolsch's before the Kushwa Kolschman comes to mind. I would much well, rather that f- drink that.
1: Beer from Forward Brewing.
0: Oh yeah, the boat day. Yeah, that one, that Kolsch, that was really good, that was and that crazy. was a hoppy Kolsch, too. Hoppy that was that was way better done, yeah. in my opinion. This isn't bad, but you know, in comparison, forward brewing does a better job. Um, it's not bad, but it's not necessarily what I wanted. So, the Instagram. Okay. Going to so this Instagram.
1: came to us on February second.
0: And so we are recording we're on May 30th. <laughs> so so we are very delinquent. So, so almost I, four months.
1: I did read it and respond, and then it kind of just fell by the wayside. So Dan Flynn said, you should do an episode about Untapped. your thoughts on it, how long you've used it, and mostly how you go about rating a beer and what you take into account with your ratings. I was just thinking about this while using the app.
0: Sure. I will say off the bat, we did do an episode some time ago. Breaking down some things about Untapped. We've talked about it, I think, two separate times over the past 10 years that kind of encapsulate some opinions on it. But there was also, I think, the most recent one was talking about the inherent issues with un- Untapped, where because people just have a tendency to rate uh, like hazies and, you know, big stouts and fruited sours highest on there. That's what some breweries end up using to decide what style they're going to brew. So it ends up kind of really skewing the market in a bad way. So that's kind of what that was like. So I would say, Dan and other people interested, search for that episode. You can just go to brutalbattle.com and put in untapped or go to archive.org and put in brutal battle untapped and those episodes will come up. But things change and we can talk about our personal feelings on untapped and how we personally use it. Um, So did you want to start, Rebecca? Well,
1: yeah, I just pulled up my untapped. So I joined March 4th, 2014.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Now I had many years of not using it, though. Yes,
0: yes you did. Like I went
1: hard in the beginning, and then I was like, I'm done with this, and I didn't use it for many years, so I more recently just got back into it. Um, How about you, Carlin?
0: I I have been consistent since I started uh, in 2011. Okay. So I'm 11 years into this. And at this point, I'm sitting at 6,386 check-ins, 4,326 unique beers of that. it's pretty impressive. Um,
1: What's your average rating? 2.87. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Mine's
1: 2.98.
0: And that goes to the question of how Dan asking, rate? how do we rate? So the way I look at my, my marker is a three for me is a solid beer. Because I want to leave enough room. Now that said, I don't rate super high typically. If you see me putting a four out there, that's really high for me. And every now and then I'll go a little bit higher than a four, but that's very, very rare. Um, So I guess in a sense that's kind of problematic because it's kind of skewing the averages of certain beers. But people who are my friends and people who know me on a tapped... And in real life, understand how my rating system is. And that's also an inherent problem with Untapped. Right. Is that nobody you know, people don't rate exactly the same. So you can't take averages of ratings and be like, Yes, this is a true average because people rate differently. Right. Like I know Kyle Norman always says, Whatever you rate it, I'm gonna be two star two full stars higher, basically. Right. And I'd like I understand that, but it's it's a personal thing. But how do you do it?
1: Yeah, I'm similar. Like I feel like um, I'm I rate a little bit higher than you typically. Yeah, I mean, it do. just kind of depends on yeah. the style, and it, sometimes we're exactly on. Um, but I would say for me, like a three and a half is like a good beer. Yeah. Um, and then three seven five is very good, and then four and up. But mm-hmm. it kind of de- I mean. You know, obviously, there's so much that goes into rating a beer. It's like your mood, how you're feeling, yeah. what the time where of you day, are. where you are. Yeah. Or
0: like, are you in a good mood? Yeah, are you in a good mood yeah. or a bad mood? How uh, many beers deep are you? That's right, another question. Yeah,
1: because <laughs> sometimes, like, you get like just palate fatigue. So yeah. sometimes, like, you try a beer and it could be really good, but maybe it's just not good in comparison to like. Like, this Kolsch. Like, this isn't, like, necessarily bad, but we're comparing it to something else.
0: I mean, what would you rate this on untapped? I go, like, a 2.5, 2.75, somewhere in there.
1: I was going to say 2.75.
0: Yeah, I'm either 2.75 or 2.5. I'll have to figure that out later when I can, like, think about it more. Um, Yeah. But I think another way that we use it is to remind ourselves what beers we've had from breweries. Because there literally have been times where a brewery has stuff on tap and we're looking at going there or they're releasing in cans. And we see it and we're like, is this something we're interested in? Wait, have we had it? Have had it before? (laughs) So we just go into our own data on untapped and bring it up, just search by the brewery, and then just be like, oh, yep, we've had that before. And then also look at our rating and see, okay, what did we rate it? Okay, that means we didn't like it or that means we did like it.
1: But I was saying, like... Neither of us do very many comments.
0: No. Or, or cheersing to yeah. people. Like, I'm not involved in... I don't really get involved in the social aspect. You don't really either. I do a little bit. I don't.
1: Um, if I see something, that I'm like, well, that looks really good. I'll cheers it. Um,
0: I do on rare occasions.
1: Like, Steve Pfeiffer. I've cheered some of his stuff before. He always cheers our stuff.
0: Yeah, every single thing we check into. And he's always, like, the first person to do it.
1: Um, I wish I had the energy to comment on the beers because there have been times where we're like, is that like, do we really, really like it just because we gave it that rating? Is it something we want to drink again? What do, what, what do we like about the beer? What do we not like about it?
0: Well, and that kind of goes to the aspect of it where I don't use it this way and I, I don't think you use it this way either, but influenced by other people with the ratings. I think the only time we really do that is when we're trying to decide if we want to buy a really expensive beer, like the the ones from the brewery with our hoarder society, those we will look up here and there and see what kind of the, the average rating is of them and decide, okay, you know, it looks like people really are liking this, or it looks like people are kind of on it so we can skip it. But that's just because it's really expensive.
1: Yeah. We've done that before, like, because we did some delivery. Sapwood sellers, which we've talked about on here, yeah. we, we like. Um, we didn't feel like driving there, but they do delivery, but you have to buy three four-packs. And so we did go on untap to try to figure out what people were rating certain beers or try to figure out what our last four-pack was going to be. And for that I like to read the comments. Yeah. Like what that's are right. people saying and I'm like, oh, I guess I should be doing comments.
0: Yeah, it's just it takes so much. It is. Like I I know people who are really into Untapped and like they like to be on it constantly and put all the comments and cheers people. And that's great, but it's just like there's so much on your phone and social media-wise. Yeah. I mean, you, you
1: can get consumed.
0: Yeah, there's just so much to do. You don't want to stress yourself out over, like, trying to keep on top of that type of stuff. At least from my... Like, that's my personal thing. I don't want to yeah. feel like I have to do all this stuff.
1: I also have found myself looking at beers that, like, I really haven't liked. Mm. Like, so the one that comes to mind was that Key Lime beer by Oozle Finch. That oh, was gosh. just...
0: Just to see what other people are getting yes. out of it, yeah.
1: And there were a lot of people who really liked it; like we're getting it really, really high ratings. Yeah. And then there were people that were commenting kind of negative, but still gave it a high rating, and that was really interesting to me too.
0: But then those things make you wonder: like, is it a different batch of the beer? Right, right. Was it on, uh, you know, on tap that they had it? Did it go bad in the can? Because I don't think they decoded that. Like. Right. You know what I mean? Like there's so many variables that looking at someone else's opinion of it, that in itself is just one person's opinion or multiple people's opinions. Like you really don't know what that means for you personally. So like for that reason, I just like to use untapped as like a way for me to track beers for myself. Bears. Yeah. For myself to reflect on personally. And then if other people, you know, want to see what I'm drinking, that's cool. That's fine.
1: I would say, I feel like we have used it in the past when we've gone to a brewery to kind of see if like
0: if we need to make decisions
1: on what we want for our yeah. flights, like this one's rated higher, okay, like
0: right i think- I, I
1: don't think it like heavily influences no. us uh-uh. but it, I think it does kind of play a factor, yeah, I know last summer we went to the um we went to Rehoboth and we were gonna check out some breweries, and we were between a couple different breweries around the um that area and we went on on tap to see which ones had higher ratings
0: yeah yeah i do remember that
1: so yeah we do do that yeah
0: i think for me that's well the other thing is we did an episode where i kind of broke down like our top between the two of us like our top rated you know ipas or top rated stouts like all that type of stuff and you can find that episode on our on the website but um, so we use it for that every now and then just as like a, I'm curious type thing. Like what's the highest rated beer I've done? You know, what's the lowest rated beer I've done? What are my top stouts? What are my bottom stouts? I just you know? like
1: to like, yeah, what were my top rated beers and just kind of reminisce about, mm, that one was delicious. That one was good. Or I wish I had that one again.
0: But then it's during that time that you end up seeing how your rating has changed over time. Yeah. Because when I first started using Untapped in 2011, I was way more generous then the podcast happened and then I stopped being as generous. Yeah. So
1: I mean yeah. we have done that and I'm like la- and or like I'll have a beer again and I'll go to check into it and I'm like oh I don't want to rate that that high anymore. <laughs> right. Or on yeah. the flip side like I was harder on this. I think it's it's better than I remember. I'm bumping the rating up.
0: Well, and, so that happens too. And I – yeah, I have done that as well where like I'll rate it one thing the first time I have it and the second time I have it, maybe I rate it higher. Yeah. Maybe I rate it lower. And part of that could be me personally. But there's also an aspect of different batches of the beer as well because they're not always the same. As we also know, uh, like IPAs in particular, breweries can't always get the exact same hops in the, in the you know, volume that they need to recreate certain beers so what they'll do is they'll get other hops and try and kind of recreate the flavor profile the best they can from what they can get. So literally, there will be different batches that taste different. Prime example I remember that we became aware of this being a thing with many years ago, Double Duck Pin by Union Brewing. Love that beer. Like the first batch or two, it came out. Then they had to change the recipe because they couldn't get the, the same hops at the same volume they needed. And then it just wasn't as good. Still good, yeah. but not as good as it was in the beginning. So that obviously will change the rating. Yeah. Even though it's the same beer, it's not the same recipe.
1: Right, right. So uh, I think one part of the question I'm not sure if we answered was, how do you go about rating a beer? What do you take into account into your rating?
0: Um. Oh, I think you kind of, if you want some more water, I think you kind of hit on, hit on it a bit where you – Saying that you do consider the style, like mm-hmm. within its style, like how does this stack up? Is this awesome for its style? So, I think I used to do it where I just kind of compared like all beers, but I think over the past many years, it's it's been more of like a when I'm drinking a lager, I'm comparing it to other similar lagers in my mind. When I'm drinking an, a hazy IPA, I'm considering. Well, I'm not going light on the hazies, but but no, I actually no, I do consider that as a hazy. Yeah otherwise I'd be rating them way lower, but yeah.
1: So you can consider, yeah, I think I do too. I can't say it's like, for me, like the rating usually is just kind of like my gut. Yeah. (laughs) Like I'm not, I don't know if I like super analyze it. I'm just kind of like, I feel like this is the number.
0: Well, I, I will always think about my benchmark. Like my, my immediate thought is in my mind, is this a three? Because I know what a three means to me. And then I adjust it up or down based off of that. Uh, also, I will try and think of other beers that I've had and how I've rated them recently. If there's if they're similar to mm-hmm. that beer that I'm trying, and I never take into account aroma. It's always just based off of flavor and like yeah. mouth mouth feel. That's it. I know some people will take aroma into account because that's kind of being more holistic about like the entire right. you know
1: experience. Yeah,
0: the entire experience, the entire creation of the beer, but. Mm-hmm. yeah it for me it's just like mouthfeel and flavor and that's it yeah so
1: yeah i probably agree with that too
0: but yeah i think we covered it all pretty yeah. well so hopefully, dan
1: hopefully that satisfied dan
0: yeah hopefully that, and, and if not it <laughs> was
1: worth the wait dan at,
0: if not he can send us another uh instagram message we'll get to in the next four months <laughs> 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 kidding we'll be better or email us uh, like i said brutal podcast at gmail.com um yeah or any other follow-up ideas that you want to hear about So, awesome. That was fun. Uh, That said, let's go to our second and last beer of the episode. So this one is... I mean, on the shelf we get try to get newer stuff, but this is actually not newer. But it's still on the shelf. And I'm betting it's still on the shelf in a lot of places. These used to be super popular and flew off the shelves. I noticed over the past four or five years that's not been the case anymore. People still buy them, but the pacing on it is so much slower. And I think it's because... There's a lot more of these types of beers available now, so they don't have to sell as fast. They're also expensive. Expensive. And this is the first time I've seen them in a can. So this isn't a 16-ounce can. This is the 2021 Eclipse release. Now, this is by 5050 Brewing, and they're out of Truckee, California. T-R-U-C-K-E-E. So 5050 Brewing, Truckee, California. Now, if people don't know about the Eclipse line... It's always barrel-aged Imperial Stout, and then it's done a bunch of different ways when they release it. There'll be, like, cognac barrels, whiskey barrels, um, with coffee, with caramel, like, they do a ton of different ones. And in the past, it's been bombers, you know, 22-ounce bottles with wax on the top, but I'm glad to see they're going to 16-ounce cans. That's more manageable. It also is even better at keeping oxygen out that you don't want in there. So, anyway, we have their 2021 Eclipse release, uh, which is the vanilla rye version. So, it's a barrel-aged imperial stout done in rye whiskey barrels with vanilla beans added. And it is 12.7%, so it's a big boy. Yeah. Not the brewery big boy, yeah. but it's a big boy. Or girl. I don't know. Ooh. There is There's too much room in the top of this can, oh, really? in my opinion for what i mean look at that for like like a beer like this you don't want it to i mean any yeah. beer really you don't really want it to oxidize that much you really got to fill those cans come on 50 50
1: yeah okay we'll see
0: be better <laughs> okay oh it looks like an imperial stout <laughs> yeah
1: i mean it's dark
0: <laughs> yeah super dark there's not a lot of head hanging out on top of it but you know That's pretty common for higher ABV beers. There are some relatively large bubbles there, though.
1: I just love the smell.
0: Ooh. It's a lot of spirit to it. A lot of the spirit barrel.
1: But it's, like, so vanilla, chocolate.
0: It's very chocolatey. It
1: smells like it's going to warm my soul.
0: Smell is... I get a lot of the wood from the rye whiskey barrel as well. Yeah. I get that little bit of that kind of, like, spice, earthy spice character from the actual rye whiskey a little raisin to mm-hmm. it. Like you get like a little sweet raisin. You usually get that with higher ABV I mean, beers. It smells
1: it smells it's boozy. Like it smells yeah. like it's gonna burn.
0: It smells very boozy. I'm hoping it doesn't taste very boozy because then that would mean it's crafted extremely well, but it's been a long time since we had an, an eclipse beer. Like well, a long time.
1: Probably. So we had a memory on Facebook just come up from seven, seven years, years ago. Seven years ago.
0: That may have been the last time actually. we were
1: drinking an eclipse with a piece of chocolate cake.
0: From yeah. your mom. But yeah, I'm really loving the chocolate and the vanilla on this nose. The wood could be too overpowering, though. It's, a, it's pretty strong on it. Mm. And the and the actual booziness.
1: I think it's perfect. What do you think? Oh. I mean, it's boozy. You get everything. You, it's boozy. It is boozy. But it's in check. It, you can tell it's higher in ABV, but it's in check. You're getting a lot of chocolate. You're getting a lot of vanilla.
0: It's thin, though.
1: But not offensively thin.
0: Uh it's kind of it it's kind of there for me personally. Like I feel like Not for me. As an Imperial stout, I feel like it needs to be there needs to be more of like the maltiness standing up to it. I, I personally feel like the spirit barrel is getting the better of this. Mm. And I think it's overpowering a bunch. I am still getting the vanilla, I am still getting the chocolate, but in comparison to the nose. Well, the nose was super boozy, too.
1: The nose was super boozy. I think, compared to the nose, the taste is, like, well within check.
0: This tastes like a beer like this that's been aged for many years. It's been sitting in the bottle or can for many years. Like, this reminds me of what the, um, after five or six years... Actually, probably more like six-year mark. What the um, vanilla oak-aged uh, worldwide, worldwide style would taste like by Dogfish Head and fresh, amazing, like significantly more yeah. body to it, less of the booze taking over. This literally tastes like it's been in the can for six years. Um, I'm really not a fan. Really? Yeah. I mean, there there are good notes there. I don't hate the beer. But for what it is supposed to be and how friggin' expensive this is—well, is, yeah, it was. This is like a fifteen-dollar, $15. sixteen-ounce can. That's a ripoff for this flavor profile, in my opinion.
1: I think it's tasty. It's not the best um, of this style, but I'm I'm pleased. I like it.
0: I don't hate it though.
1: Okay.
0: Like I'm just not impressed with what it is and how much it costs. You- that that's what gets me.
1: I think you probably hyped this beer up more than I did, though.
0: In my mind, yeah, maybe. I am getting a, a kind of nice, kind of coffee roastiness on the finish now when I keep going back, but it's just ve- the spirit barrel is too strong, and I think that just goes with the base imperial stout was too thin. They needed to really thicken that up, you know, bring the vanilla in more, bring the chocolate in more. That's my opinion. Okay, but
1: All you're right. liking it. Yeah, we're so. gonna disagree on that one
0: um but I will say it is better than the ball light okay in my opinion I do like it better than that like as a strictly like beer to beer comparison not considering the cost or anything
1: uh you said there was flavor text on that
0: oh yeah there is flavor text on it so we'll see what this what it says uh now in its 14th vintage oh
1: my god, they've been doing
0: this for 14 years 2021 Eclipse is our rich imperial stout aged to perfection not in my opinion (laughs) In, on, just read it in whiskey and spirit spirit whiskey and spirit barrels. All Eclipse starts with the same base beer, bringing hints of dark chocolate, okay, espresso, okay, and a smooth complexity with each barrel treatment delivering its own unique character after a minimum of 180 days of aging. Vanilla rye is our blend of rye whiskey barrels aged on vanilla beans. I don't get the the level of vanilla bean I want.
1: Yeah. Okay. I mean, I. I'll, I'll agree with that. They
0: they definitely need to go a lot harder on the vanilla beans, yeah. and they definitely needed to go thicker with the malt base of the imperial stout. That would do a lot for this beer, and I like I said, I think it would stand up to the barrel a lot better. Okay, that's just my feeling, but I like it more than the bottle light. Yeah, that's it. So, okay. Closing thoughts.
1: I I mean I just like it like it. More than you. I don't yeah, know what yeah. else to
0: say. That's fine. Well, Dan Flynn, thanks for four months ago sending us something to talk about <laughs> on this episode. <laughs> Again, apologies for that. But send us emails, podcast at gmail.com. Hit us up on the Instagram. Yeah,
1: podcast.
0: We didn't even talk about how people can find us on Untapped, which is funny because we talked about Untapped. But Carl, all one word, Carlton Malibu, as it sounds, that's the easiest way to find me. And Rebecca is. Rebecca C., right?
1: Rebecca C., also Ruby Red 62
0: Okay, got it. All right. Uh, also, yeah. if you want back episodes, like I said before, brutalbattle.com or archive.org, search Brutal Battle. And then you can even, you know, put in specific search terms if you're looking for a specific beer or a topic we talked about or, you know, episode format, all that jazz. Uh, but do us a quick favor, rate us and review us on whatever podcatcher you listen to us through. Um, that, cause that helps out a lot, but iTunes probably hope helps the most. Also word of mouth. If you like the podcast, just tell people about it who are also into craft beer or people who aren't into craft beer and want to get into it. Cause yeah. you know, this is obviously a good podcast from the consumer perspective. So yeah, but regardless, thanks everyone for listening. And until next time, keep it brutal.